Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome, friends, as we begin today. You know, it's always our desire, Walt and I talk about this a lot, when we look at God's Word, it's not just enough to take it into our heads. It's not enough to have an understanding, as it were, academically, all knowledge. But we want to consider the verses that we are looking at and then apply, apply His truth to our personal lives. It's a very important step, and we refer to that here at Walk With God as head to heart, important for each of us, that God's word would change the way I live today, the way you live the rest of this week. You know, in Ezra 7.10, we read, for he had set his heart to study the law of the Lord. There's the study. That's important important and his heart's engaged. You get that idea of head in study the law of the Lord. But this this next part is so important and to do it. There's your application. And then is even to teach the statutes and the rules in Israel. The things that he studied in his head passing through his heart that he would do them and that would go out and he would as it were, even reproduce and replicate. And we even talk about that being one of the foundational verses um, for us, even in this ministry, um, because we want um, to be teachers with integrity, that, that we're applying this to our lives, and then we're challenging you to do the same. And that's what gives us that authority, the authority from studying the, the law of the Lord when we, it, it's a matter of our hearts. And that is our desire, that we would today study the Word of God, and then we would do it, but we also would challenge you to apply it. Yeah, and I, I love that part, Walt, you and I talk about that so much. We don't want to just come on here and as it is, read passages of scripture and preach to you or at you. We always want to make sure God's word is also flowing through our head to our heart and hopefully out through our hands. Well, you know, for today's lesson, we're going to return to a place in Israel, and um, we've we've actually visited it several times a few months ago. We were there in March. We we returned again in June, um, but we also talked about this location just a few weeks ago here on our podcast. Remember, Joshua and the people of Israel had gathered there on the plain of Shittim team on the Jordanian side, and they were preparing to what? Cross the Jordan River and come into the land that God had called them back to. You know, um, as we have visited there before, we've, we've come in from the Israel side, which is what we did this year, but we've also had the privilege of coming in from the Jordanian side of this particular site. And there are several ancient churches on the Jordanian side that 
that mark this significant site from the story that we want to discuss and share with you today. And today we're going to begin in Matthew chapter 3, but we're also going to reference some of the other gospel accounts on this. And this is the story of John the Baptist and what he's doing down there at at the the Jordan River, um, but also then the the introduction of Jesus um, to his earthly ministry, Um, beginning in Matthew 3, verse 1, and and in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, so he's in the Judean wilderness, and his message is this, verse 2, repent, change your mind, change your heart, turn around, do something different, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, There's a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. And then it goes on and tells this about John. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then all of Jerusalem and Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him to hear John speak. And they were baptized by him, by John, in the River Jordan, confessing their sins. Um, This wilderness, again, here is the Judean wilderness. It's only 15 to 25, 30 miles wide, almost 100 miles long. And it's here that John is baptizing. And later in John's gospel, uh, the apostle John is going to write in, in John 3, verse 23, that John was baptizing at Enon near Selim because there was water there and it was plentiful and the people were coming and being baptized. This also is one of the three main crossing points for the Jordan River. Um, the Jordan River from the Sea of Galilee down to the Dead Sea is, is a, a little over 65 miles long or um, a little bit more than 140 kilometers. Um, now, you can't get there. That's as, as the birds would fly in a straight line. But this area here um, is one that had lots of water. And Luke explains a little bit more about this, really, from the passage of the book of Isaiah. I'm going to read that, too, because I think this is important. As it is written in the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare a way of the Lord, make his path straight. Then every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill shall be made low, the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways. Then all flesh will see the salvation of God. And really, this is coming from Isaiah chapter 40. The chapter begins with comfort, comfort my people, says Lord. Well, what's going to give us comfort? What's going to give us comfort? Is there somebody that's going to come and set all things right, everything that is broken? And and when he does that, he'll come in power, and we'll see this great salvation coming from the hand of the Lord. Yeah, as well as you're sharing even these verses out of Matthew. And, you know, just to put this in here, in the four Gospels, everything doesn't get repeated in all four Gospels. The, you know, the teaching of Jesus, his miracles, his parables, all, all of it looks different. But in the four Gospels, each writer does share at least a small glimpse. Um, some passages are longer. In all four Gospels share this particular event. Yeah, and it's really even interesting. There's so much detail we could pull out here, really. Mm-hmm. But John, is, right. is he's wearing the clothing and acting like an Old Testament prophet. I mean, he he's acting like and living like and looking like... Um, 
one one of the Elijah or Elisha or I mean and as he's doing his ministry which he his mother and father were told he was being set aside for so he's being faithful even prior to really his when he was conceived prior to that I mean this was what his purpose for life this is what God called him to do but as we see this in Matthew people are gathering, right? They're coming to hear John. And I I just, there's a part in all of our hearts, we, you know, sometimes refer to it as that God hole, right? That we know we're, we're seeking, we're searching, we're looking. Well, all these people are gathering. That's what Matthew has said, that the people are coming from all over, from Jerusalem and Judea and all the regions, because they've heard of this one who, as you're saying, is dressed even as an Old Testament prophet. But it's not just the people, the religious leaders are also coming in those crowds, right? Yeah. Not, not necessarily to be baptized, but rather to criticize. Not in baptism, but to criticize and offer their words of criticism. In their hearts, they question why are these people coming to this very strange man for baptism? Why why are they listening to his message? Is he saying, you know, repent, be, prepare your hearts for the coming of the Lord? But also, these religious leaders, these men, they want the power and the position of authority among the people. So here in verse 7, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, John the Baptist said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. Can you hear the pride there? Can you hear the, you know, I'm okay because this is who my father is, Abraham. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. You know, John's saying, you know, God doesn't need you. You know, you're pious, you're religious, you're looking down your nose at all these people who have come with righteous hearts, with hearts seeking. And even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And as I look at those verses and what we've talked through this passage preparing for this lesson, I come to a head to heart. Verse 8, John's saying to the Sadducees and Pharisees, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. But pride, pride is blocking, it's blocking their eyesight, it's blocking their heart, they're not able to repent. But we see over in now the New Testament scriptures going forward for this head to heart, Galatians 5, 19 to 21 gives us a picture of our sinful nature, that old nature, those things that really we need to put off. Yeah, the deeds of the flesh. Exactly. But what we want to exhibit in that 
confession, coming and confessing our sins. We saw that in the first couple verses today. We want the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 to 23, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, and I have to say, are these present in my life? Are these present in your life? I have I have a days when, you know, and I sort of say this tongue in cheek, but it's like, I just, I don't think I have any kindness in me today. I don't think, I don't think there's patience here today. But I say that, like I said, kind of a snicker, a tongue in cheek there. But I have to say, without the Spirit, without the Holy Spirit in me, those things aren't there. The fruit of the Spirit isn't. But when the fruit of the Spirit is visible in your life, in my life, it will be growing. It will mature. It is a matter of the heart. Yeah, and that growing reality, it doesn't mean we do that every day perfectly, but it, but our life is typified. It, it, it's, it is a growing reality in my life that that kind of fruit is being produced by the Holy Spirit living his, his good work inside of me, and it should be evident to a world what that's watching. So as we continue in this passage, there's so much here. Um, Jesus is, is going to be introduced, but John first says, I'm going to baptize you with water for repentance. But, but he who's coming after me, he's mightier than I am. I'm not even worthy of touching his sandals or to carry them. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing floor, and he'll gather the wheat into the barn, the good wheat. But the chaff he'll burn with unquenchable fire. You know, this is one of those places where we we could just briefly touch on, in the Old Testament, the, the Spirit would come upon individuals, enabling and empowering them to do some kind of work for the Lord. Uh, it, it, the Spirit would come upon judges, and they would be able to have, be mighty and victorious. The Spirit came upon David, and, and, and the Spirit came upon people that were working to build the, the temple, the, Solomon's temple. And so it would come upon them, but it could also leave them. Um, something different is going to have. John's teaching that a mighty one, the one who's, who is to come, he'll have the authority to bestow the Spirit on all who identify with him and on all who place their faith in him. And then also we're reminded this judgment, it's already been introduced in verse 10. Every tree that doesn't bear good fruit is thrown into the fire. And here in verse 12, it says, and and the chaff will be burned with an unquenchable fire. It's that reminder. This is serious work. When we talk about giving your life and living in a right way with the for the Lord, um, the opposite, there's serious consequences for not doing that. And that's why this is such an important passage that talks about uh, the need for us to identify, in this case, through baptism. And that's what John was going to do. And now we have Jesus come on the scene. Yeah, and so all the people have been coming, we saw earlier, from Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the surrounding area. We talked about the scribes, the Pharisees, they have come. And now, verse 13, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, Jesus, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, 
Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then John the Baptist consented. In verse 16, when Jesus was baptized, he immediately went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And you know, Brenda, even as you're reading that one, is this is just an amazing account. I mean, John is saying, no, Jesus, you need to baptize me. And, and Jesus says, no, this, this is something that, that you need to do. And then we have this inclusion. It's not just Jesus who's being baptized there, but even as that is happening, um, God speaks from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And we also have the spirit, the Holy Spirit coming and descending like a dove and lighting on, resting on Jesus. Brenda, this is the first time that we have a clear delineation of the Trinity. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all coming together, really, and just marking out the beginning of Jesus's earthly ministry. This is where it begins, and and it's, it's around the Jordan River. It's around a baptismal area that John the Baptist is doing. The next day, uh, the Gospel of John, the Apostle, he's going to write that John saw John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards him, and the next day he said, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world." This is he whom I said, after me comes one who ranks before me, because he, (laughs) Jesus, the Son of God, was before me, and I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that Jesus, that this one who's existed from of old, the Son of God, might be revealed to Israel. I love this passage and just the importance of it, uh, this aspect of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all coming together and saying, now, now my earthly ministry as, as God's incarnate Son, now it begins. As I think about what has occurred at the Jordan River, all of the people coming We've got the critics arriving, the religious leaders arriving, and then Jesus coming from the Galilee to this place in the Jordan River and presenting himself for baptism to John the Baptist. And I just think of a phrase, a sentence that we know, at the heart of the matter, it's always a matter of the heart. And I ask us today, Am I willing, are you willing to humble yourself and ask the Lord, Lord, reveal to me those areas in my life that are sinful. What actions, what thoughts, what words are sin-filled? We all have them. We are sinners, but we've got to come back and we offer up before the Lord, we confess our sins, as Matthew said here in the beginning verses of today's passage. You know, as these people came to the Jordan River, they were confessing their unrighteous living. They were identifying with John's message of repentance in preparation for the coming king and his kingdom. Their water baptism was an outward sign of their inward desire to live a different life. And so, Lord, we come before you today and confess our sin and our desire 
to turn from our past and those sinful choices that we have made. We confess our need for a living Savior. We want to live our lives in such a way that it will bring glory and honor to your holy name. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who enables us to bear spiritual fruit even as we continue to walk with God. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.